All right. Are you ready? Let's turn to God's Word. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. We'll begin reading. We have three verses this morning. Acts chapter 20, verses 22, 23, and 24. Here in these scriptures, Paul is making a farewell address to the Ephesian leaders there at the early Ephesian church. Um, he's come into town and caused a lot of ruckus with we, this simple gospel that we just sang about, um, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, he was calling out those that were worshiping the goddess Artemis. Um, and Demetrius and all the silversmiths were ready to run him out of town or, or kill him, whichever one it came first. So he's running for his life here. Um, on his way, he's, he's preaching, and Eutychus falls out of the window and, and dies, but the Lord brings him back to life. And so now he's given some last-minute instructions as he's about to leave the church at Ephesus. I think our graduates this morning, as they're getting ready to make this next chapter in their life, moms and dads are giving them lots of last-minute instructions, right? But we want to turn to God's Word to find some last-minute instructions from the Apostle Paul. In verse 22 it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I... The Apostle Paul, and going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. The title of today's message is The Only Thing That Matters, and we want to answer the question, how will I, how will you respond to the Spirit's call? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for our class of 2016 college graduates, graduate-level degrees, those that are graduating from high school. Lord, thank you for blessing them with this opportunity. God, thank you for blessing this church with the opportunity to speak truth into their lives. And God, thank you that they have set an example for all believers. And so, Lord, we just pray that today that the Word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will speak into our lives and change us. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, we don't realize the power of the Holy Spirit. We love to embrace and accept the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ, but we don't realize the magnitude of the power of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. You know, we have spent a lot of time looking back with these seniors of times when they've grown up so fast, and, and I've began to look back in my own life. My oldest child, my son, this past Wednesday, he turned nine, and so in nine more years, he'll be graduating high school. And I told Joni, I said, if these next nine go by as fast as these first nine, I'm going to wake up one day and be sitting with some of you senior parents and saying, what happened to the time? My youth like to joke with me about how old I am. I still feel like I'm pretty young, even though I do have some gray hair now. That's when children were born. It's when they showed up. Some of you can agree with that, right, Coach Metz? <laughs> 
I can remember graduating high school 18 years ago. And those 18 years flew by. Life is passing us by, right? And we have to think to ourselves as we get older and grayer, the things that matter most. And you know, when we think about the Holy Spirit, those of us that are children of God that's living inside of us, we sometimes don't recognize and allow that power to take control of our lives. I can remember back when I was playing Madison County Middle School football as a seventh grader. We lined up for a kickoff, and there was a guy from Hart County across on the other side of the field. And I thought to myself, well, he's smaller than me, so this shouldn't be any problem. And so this is back in the old days where some of the guys had actually just one bar that came down to their face mask. So yes, I may be getting old. And so I thought, now, I should be able to take care of this guy. This shouldn't be no problem. It's a kickoff. Everybody's trying to, you know, tackle the guy with the ball, and he's going to go backwards to make a wall, and so I'm going to hit him with all I got. So I'm running down the field. The ball's kicked, and I run into him, and he levels me. The hardest I've ever been hit in my entire life. I got up, and I'm stumbling off the field, and I'm seeing four of everything. The coach notices this, and he says, hey, you need to come here and sit out for a second. And it took me like that whole set of downs, that whole transition while I was supposed to be on defense for me to be able to see straight again. And some of you are saying, well, that's probably what's wrong with you. You got a lick to your head when you were in middle school. And I thought to myself, this little guy was stronger than I had estimated in my mind. I want us to think about that when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Christians. Did you hear that? You've got the power of God. Graduates, are you ready? You're going into adulthood, right? Some of you are saying, well, I've been an adult this whole senior year. I'm going to vote this time. Thank goodness we have some young men and young ladies that will vote in this coming election, right, Pastor Robbie? And so we underestimate the power of God that's living inside of us. And so Paul here, he has, a lot of stuff's been happening once he has become a follower of the way, a child of God. Now he's on mission to testify and spread the good news of the gospel. The Holy Spirit's told him, your mission is to take the offering to Jerusalem. He says, I am going to Jerusalem But notice what it says at the very beginning of that. And now compelled by the Holy Spirit. And so the first point in today's message is, will I, will you, ask yourself this question, will you quench the Holy Spirit and continue with the status quo? You know, we hear that a lot when we're in God's house, right? About quenching the Holy Spirit. Oh, well... You know, the baby was crying in church today, so it quenched the Holy Spirit. Or during the invitation, four people got up and went to the restroom. That's quenching the Holy Spirit. And so we like to point and say, that's when the Holy Spirit's being quenched, is while we're here. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a second. What have I done? What have you done to quench the Holy Spirit's power in our life this past week? This past year? Because many times we just don't realize it. But we get into the habit of quenching the Holy Spirit. 
Instead of, you're going to like this play on words, are you ready? Thirsty for the things of God. I love Gatorade. How many of you? Gatorade thirst quencher for that deep down body thirst. Some of you that are old like me can remember that, right? They don't even use that anymore. But I can remember playing that middle school football and my mom would pick me up and she'd have one of those glass bottles of Gatorade, right? She didn't even buy the new Gatorade. She got the mix, the powder, you know? You save those glass bottles. The inside of it started getting a little rusty, but it didn't matter because you were so thirsty from working so hard and sweating so much that you couldn't wait because you know she'd put a little extra in there, right? And make it good and good and really strong. You know, it's not good for you, but it tasted so good. All that sodium and all that sugar going inside of your body because you were so thirsty. But something that I have done and... Jeff and Pastor Robbie have to hold me accountable with this. But about a, two years ago, I started saying, well, I, you know, I'm working hard. I'm sweating a lot. You know, I'm trying to take care of myself. So I need a Gatorade every day, right? I need a Gatorade every day. Some of you are like, what? It's a lot of sugar. That's bad for you. Well, I thought, well, I, I need a Gatorade every day. I need to quench this thirst every day. And, and, and I really wasn't thirsty, Right? So I got in the habit. Anybody in the habit? You got to have your coffee. Got to have your Mountain Dew or your diet Mountain Dew, right, Miss Amy? And you know you got to have this every day. And so you get in this habit, like I was in, of of maybe it started with the little short ones, you know. And then it went to the the sixteen or twenty ounce. Now I got to have the whole thirty two, right? You know, I may get sweaty today and need some more thirst quencher. And so after a while, it becomes a habit for us to quench. The Holy Spirit. We say God's called us. Some of you as an 18 year old. Like these graduates that stood in front of us today. God called you way back then. Think back. 1998 for me. Think back to when you graduated. Think back to when you were transitioning in your life to that next chapter. And there was no strings attached. And God was calling you. To do great and mighty things. Compelled, it says here. That means drawn irresistibly by the Spirit. But yet, it has become easy for us. Graduates, listen to this. As we grow older, it's going to become easy for you to quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's call to do great and mighty things through your life, what God's called you to do. But many of us, we get a little scared, right? So it's easier just to quench it. See, Paul had been told and he knew what God had called him to do despite all the chaos that had been behind him. And now look in verse 23. This uncertainty at the end of verse 22 of not knowing what will happen there. But in verse 23, look at it. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit, the one that's called Him, the one that's equipped Him, the one that has filled Him, the one that empowered Him, now has said, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me. Wait a minute. You mean if I surrender to the Holy Spirit's call in my life, 
I thought it was supposed to be easy. The Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Say, what? Hardships? Prison? You've got to be kidding me. And so the second point today is this. When it comes to the Holy Spirit's call on our lives, how will you and I respond? Will we quit on God's plan when the going gets tough? Graduates, I want to I tell you, mom and dad probably have done a pretty good job of taking care of you, setting you up for success, and, and giving you opportunity to uh, grow into this outstanding and successful young man or young lady that you are. But as you take this next step in life, for those of us that surrender to God's call in our life, somebody today, maybe that graduated in 1998 or before or after, needs to stop quenching the Holy Spirit and, and then, guess what? Stop quitting on God and what He's called us to do. Because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be popular. It's not going to be a bed of roses our entire life. But guess what? The Holy Spirit, look back at verse 22, has compelled us, has drawn us irresistibly. Other versions say it has bound us. That calling doesn't go away. It's still there. And all you have to do is say, Yes to the Holy Spirit and stop quitting on God. Or will we cower when faced with hardship? Think about that for a second. Those chains, those afflictions, this prison. We know what Paul's went through or will go through as he continues this journey. How are we going to not quit on God? How are we not going to quench the Spirit? We must be disciplined. Here it is. We must be disciplined. Many of you can probably remember just as we handed out a devotional today for these seniors and we hosted the senior baccalaureate banquet and service here receiving that copy of God's Word. There's a reason behind that. For us to be in God's Word and find out the only way that Paul knew that he was on his way to Jerusalem and no matter what the cost, no matter what was going to happen to him, the only way that he knew that he was going in the right direction is because of the spiritual disciplines in his life of him walking with God. Even when it might get tough. Even when it's not easy. Think about it for a second. I can remember back when I was a kid, and I'm so thankful for this lesson. All of my buddies, they were, we had played t-ball, and we'd played all these things, but now it was time for us to play MCYA. And we get all the pads on, and we get the helmet on, and, and we go out on the field, and never had played football a day in my life, about Titus's age. And... We, we get out there, and some of these other boys had played before. And so 
They say, get down into a three-point stance. You don't know what that is. They have to show you how to do all these things. Then they say, hut. And the ones that knew how to play, boom, they hit you. And I can remember the first day, the first week of practice, being hit and knocked down and tackled and hurting and bruises. And, and after the first day where we were hitting each other, and I thought that was illegal, but I found out it was part of the game. I, I went to my dad and I said, Daddy, I just I think I want to quit. This hurts. I, I want to I find something else to do. I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to quit. And he says this, well, we're going to give it till the end of the week. And then we'll see how you feel. And then he added in probably some of the best parental advice I ever had at this point in my life, aside from hearing the good news. He said, son, if you learn how to quit stuff now as a child and you continue to quit everything that's hard and difficult the rest of your life, you'll be a quitter as long as you live. And that was football, right? And guess what? You heard my story at the beginning. At the end of the week, I loved it. It still hurt. It still was hard. It still was hot. I still needed a Gatorade, right? But I didn't quit. Now that's football. That's a game. But what about life? What about life? It's going to hurt if you're walking with God. It's not going to be comfortable. And by the way, Christian, if it's comfortable, then are you walking with God? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be popular. But guess what? If you're walking with God and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, we're going to have to understand that we have to surrender to the Spirit's lead. Be filled with the Spirit. You've heard these terms before, right? Be led by the Spirit. Be empowered by the Spirit. And guess what? At the end of all of that, just like that little guy from Hart County across from me on the kickoff field, you won't know your own strength. You know why? Because you're trusting in the Spirit's lead. See, that's all Paul had here. Was his ability and his choice to trust in the Spirit's lead. Not trust in his own strength. Not trust in his own abilities. There was a lot of amazing credentials standing in front of us to be applauded. But on our own, notice how Pastor Robbie challenged them, on our own we're going to fail. But, loving God with all of our heart and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and strengthen us it's the only way, and it's the only thing that matters. You say, why do you, why do you say that? Look, look at what verse 24 says. You know, there's a lot. We talk about how fast life goes by. We talk about how kids grow up so fast. We like to look back at some of our war stories of old on the football field or whatever that we have did in the past. But look at what is the only thing that matters. The Apostle Paul says it here in verse 24. However, even though it's going to be hard, even though I don't know what's... There's an unknown there. He says, however, I consider my life 
worth nothing to me. In other words, the things of the world didn't matter. Money didn't matter. He was a tent maker, right? Success didn't matter. A nice house didn't matter. A degree is useful, graduates, college graduates, but if it's not used for the glory of God, it doesn't matter. Unless, look, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. Did you catch that? The Lord Jesus has given to me. There's that personal calling that the Lord Jesus had given to the, the Apostle Paul. You say, well, he's an apostle. He was struck down the road to Damascus. He wrote over half of the New Testament. He was a tent maker. But what happened when he said yes to God's plan? Instead of quenching the Holy Spirit, quitting on God when it was tough. Instead, point number three, you've got to ask yourself this question, will I continue this quest for the finish? Continue the quest for the finish. Three cues. I was telling Sam, it's not going to cost you anything, but three cues in an outline. Never done that before, Pastor Robbie. So think about it and remember it. Will I continue this quest for the finish and carry on what God has called me to do? And what's that going to look like for you and me? Well, we're going to have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look at what he says here at the end. Here's what God's given me to do. This is why it's included in God's Word for us to read here at the end of verse 24. Are you ready? This task the Lord Jesus has given to me, this task this, the Lord has given to each one of us if we're a child of God, is the task of testifying to the Gospel of God's grace. This simple Gospel we just sang about. That's going to be this quest for the finish that we're on. Quest for lost souls and impacting them and this world for Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters if we're a child of God. As some of you grow up into successful adults and have families of your own, there's that quest that we have of testifying. Testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Are we doing that? Are we willing to do that? Or have we just quit on God and quenched the Holy Spirit? If we, are called, if we are a child of God, filled with the Spirit, then we are all called to testify of the Gospel. That's not just the preacher's job, the life group leader's job. That's all of us as children of God. And we point to the White House for answers. I don't see answers there. I see it in the hearts and the lives of the coming generation, this generation that's getting ready to take this next step in their life, and then those of us that have said, well, I may be too old for this. No, 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 no. Remember, we're looking at the finish 
It's not how we start. It's how we finish. It's how we finish. The Apostle Paul uses so many in his letters these terms. And I'll read just a, a few of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25, it says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we, those of us that are children of God, do it to gain a crown that will last forever. The only thing that matters. Seeing it through to the finish. They don't hand out awards during the race. It's when we're at the finish and the race is complete. No matter how old we are or how young we might think we are to do anything for God. Guess what? It's all about the finish line. How will you finish strong for the Lord? Look at it again in Philippians 3 and verse 14. One of our kids camp verses from years past. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's about the finish. You know, I'm, I love to run. And some of you are like, well, see, you got hit in the head when you are in middle school. And now you say you love to run. I know, I know there's something wrong with you. And you're hooked on Gatorade. You need rehab. But I, lo I love to run, and, I, and, and racing, Noah and I were talking about this this morning. He's been known as Seth's little brother a long time now, right? And he's... I, when you're running a race, there's a lot of things going on in a race. Now, I'm not talking about a sprint. You can look at me and tell that I'm not going to be a, a great sprinter, okay? I like to run distance running. Anything preferably over... Five miles. That's where I like to kind of get in a groove. And so in distance running, whether it be five miles or a marathon, which is 26.2, there's a couple of things or a lot of things happening. And, and running's a lot like our spiritual run that we're on, this quest for the finish that we are surging for. But one of them, uh, graduates, listen to this. When you're running this race... You're going to be running against yourself, too. Did you realize that? It's not just against the opponents. It's going to be against yourself. You're going to have to decide, will I stop and get a Gatorade and quit? Or will I continue the quest to the finish? Even when it hurts. Even when it's tough. Here's another one. Runners that you are passing and beating. And winning against. And competing against. God puts certain people in our lives to make us stronger. Will we quit? Now some of those people are positive people. We're going to get to that. But some of those people, young people listen to me, some of the times it has been the hardest in my life when I've been Early adulthood is when I've had to deal with difficult people. And I wanted to quit. Adults, you ever had people like that in your life? You wanted to quit? But guess what? Those people are going to make you stronger because God's placed them in front of you as part of this quest to the finish. And that hopefully you might impact them for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's another one. There's going to be those runners that um, you pass. 
And if you allow them to, they'll slow you down. If you're running alongside of them instead of looking at the finish. So you're going to let people that are negative influences in your life to hold you back. Cause you to take your eyes off of Jesus and onto yourself or the things of this world? Or will you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith? But you know, today when I was watching the video and, and I got emotional about these young men and young ladies, listen to me, you've been graduates, encouraged by a lot of people inside of this church and outside of this, this church. Those are those fans and those coaches that are cheering you on and saying, you can do it. Finish strong. Keep the faith. Go for the eternal prize. Listen to, you. Listen to me this morning. All of us, if we're a child of God, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And continue this quest for the finish. You know, today some of you may be saying, well, you've talked to graduates and Christian people that are referring to themselves as a child of God. But here's what it all boils down to right here. Are you ready? An old hymn that my sister, I'm so glad that my mom is here today. I, it was a surprise. She, she surprised me today to, to be here this morning. It's been an encouragement to me, her and my father both. But be encouraged by this. I love, I love the, the lyrics of this old hymn, I'd Rather Have Jesus. Listen, listen to it. Listen to it, young and old. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by His nail-pierced hands. Second verse says, I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to His dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to His holy name. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus. Are you ready? This last line of the last verse. I'd rather have Jesus and let Him lead. And then the chorus we know, than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. The only thing that matters is Jesus. That's the gospel. I testify before you here this morning, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what are you waiting on? Begin this quest. Because the Holy Spirit wants to make home in your heart. And God didn't quit on us. His son Jesus said, it is finished. And then he defeated through victory over death and sin to rise again so we can live victoriously.
The only thing that matters is Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning as we bow together?